The views and opinions on this Masonic podcast are Brother Fluff's alone, and not the views and opinions of any Masonic Lodge, Masonic Grand Lodge, Masonic Appendant Body, or any other Masonic Brother. Enjoy! I just have to be completely honest with you guys right now at this very moment. We have to stop listening to Brother Fluff. We gotta stop listening to this guy. Uh, according to some of my trolls online, I'm just a low-level Mason who hasn't reached the high enough ranks to understand what Freemasonry is, and I don't even know who I am worshipping at this point. I haven't reached the high enough ranks. I don't know the true secrets of Freemasonry. But if you look at these trolls, if you look across the internet, I don't know if you, you get to the high-ranking level at the 28th degree, the 32nd degree, the 33rd degree, the 96th degree. There's no telling what degree this actually is, but people want us to be afraid of the secrets of Freemasonry. But I have some news for them. I am Brother Fluff, a proud Texas Freemason, and this is On Point Masonic Podcast. If this is your first time listening to the show, I highly suggest that you go and listen to the previous shows before this. But if you're enjoying it so far, do me a favor. Give me a rate, leave me a comment, and reach out to me if there's anything that I can do to make On Point Masonic Podcast better, where we tell the truth about Freemasonry. So diving on in here, what's the big secret, guys? What are we trying to hide from the world? All of the information of Freemasonry can be found online, whether Freemasons like it or not. It's done. It's out there. We've talked about this before. Everything can be found out about Freemasonry online. Now, I, if you're interested in Freemasonry, I definitely don't want you to go spoil this, this process for yourself. There is something to be completely blind coming in. But I understand the nerves, and I understand the feelings that before you go through a degree, you, you just don't know what is happening. You don't know whether Freemasonry will actually be right for you. Because there's nothing that that the, the members of the Lodge and the brothers of the Lodge can come to and tell you uh, about those obligations, about the secret things that we do from within that truly makes sense until you actually experience it. It is a part of the ritual. And there are many reasons why we have these secrets. I have to give a huge shout out to uh, Craig Enderley, who really has rocked it out on the Grand Lodge of Texas website because he's given some great answers to anybody who is just interested in Freemasonry. If you click on the What is a Freemason tab, it has this whole little, I don't know, a blog or something that just really explains what Freemasons is. And I love what he says about the rituals and secrets. Why do Freemasons keep their rituals a secret? For the same reason that the ancient stonemasons kept their trade a secret. Their secrecy helped to maintain a better quality of work. Our secrecy today helps us make good men better. It is difficult to believe that the secrets of masonry are evil when you consider the heritage of masonry that includes a long list of influential leaders such as Paul Revere, George Washington, Andrew Jackson, Theodore Roosevelt, Douglas MacArthur, Franklin D. Roosevelt, Harry Truman, Stephen F. Austin, Sam Houston, and it is difficult to believe that the secrets of Freemasonry are evil when you see so many Masons working through a vital part of every community to provide 
better churches, better schools, and better governments. It's difficult to look into the eyes of a little child in a shrine hospital and say the secrets of Freemasonry are evil. We really believe the biblical teaching, by their fruits ye shall know them, then we must believe that the secrets of Freemasonry really do help make a good man better. I mean, we could really end the podcast on that note right there. And that says everything that needs to be said about the secrets of Freemasonry. It really does. It touches every single part. So let's kind of break it down a little bit. You know, we know that Freemasonry, we can stem it back from about 1390, right? We can take it as far back as 1390. And at that point in history, it was more of the operative lodges. So the guys who were really going out, building these castles, building these walls and churches and all of these things, they kept their trade a secret to make it a better standard of work. Now, there is some interesting parts of that history as well. If you look at the ancient stone guilds, some could even call it like a modern day cartel because, I mean, these guys were tight-lipped. They didn't just tell anybody anything. And the reason why they did that is because if you were an entered apprentice and you traveled to a new job site, they did not want you to be able to get in and say that you were a fellow craft because at that point in your career, in your training, in your learning, you... You weren't skilled enough to receive that type of wage. So they wanted real fellow crafts to get wages of a real fellow craft, real masters to get wages of real masters. They were tight-lipped. This was a very honored society to be in. And it's it's no wonder that they were able to take these, these ancient tools that they were using, the square, the compasses, the, the level, the trowel, the plumb, and implement these in some sort of analogy and metaphorical thinking that hey if we put these in a little bit of a deeper meaning and a deeper lesson we can make not only better tradesmen but we can actually start improving the way that the world thinks overall and by the early 18th century you started having more and more of these operative lodges who were accepting the speculative members or accepted members because this light was all-consuming. This light was education. It was knowledge. It was the time of enlightenment. More and more men wanted this good thing. Now, there were some vital things that Freemason lodges, operative lodges, were, were doing to, to help the society and all that. I mean, we've always been about helping the orphans and helping the widows. That means that if somebody got hurt on a job site, the lodge itself would come together and help take care of them. Nobody was going hungry. It was kind of the first forms of insurance, if you really want to think of it in that kind of manner and term. But there was more than insurance. It always had been because during that time of enlightenment, especially in the early 18th century, these guys were hooked to it. It started spreading across the colonial America like wildfire. Good men love this idea of free thinking, free speech, meeting behind a closed door where churches and political parties couldn't get to you, where you could actually express the thoughts that you had on your mind. You know, I, I, you got to think about back in the day, these guys, if they would have said something that the Catholic Church did not like, the Catholic Church would automatically put them under house arrest. And I'm not just trying to pick on Catholics here, but for a long, long time, 
that is what dominated Western Europe. So you had a place for these men to go to share certain truths, share certain ideas, and be free to not be judged by the prying eyes of the outside world. I'm not as well educated on the history of Freemasonry as some of my great followers out there, but I do get in some great discussions with some guys every now and then. And one thing that I've been looking at is just the cycle of Freemasonry. Look at the growth spurts. Look at the declines. Look at the waves. Those cycles tell a very interesting story, and it kind of makes sense. Why? You see, a lot of the growth in Freemasonry happens right after periods of war. After the Civil War, there was a little bit of an increase. After World War I, there was a huge increase. In fact, if you look per capita, World War I, right after World War I, 1917 to 1920, is probably the greatest expansion and growth period of Freemasonry that we have ever had. Even though the rosters say we had more Masons in the world in the 1940s to 1950s, 1919, that was a, that was a huge peak based off of you know percentages alone. Why? What were these military guys attracted to? Well, they had shared some major experiences. These were 17-year-old, 18-year-old, 19-year-old guys who went out on a battlefield, fought side by side next to their brothers, and experienced some of the worst atrocities of mankind that anybody at those times had ever seen. They needed a place to go. They needed a place to talk. They needed a place to share that camaraderie and understand that they still had a brotherhood that was fighting for them in their best interest, that was still looking after them. Freemasonry, some of the secrets, it's just to talk to your brothers. If you look back at my TikTok career, one of the first 20 videos that I ever did on my old band account was a response to the secrets of Freemasonry. Somebody asked me, why do we have secrets? And at that point in my career, I was very defensive towards Freemasonry. I didn't know that it didn't need to be defended, but I knew some truths and I knew some, some facts. We had been religiously persecuted from the Catholic Church and others. I think this is the first time that I had ever seen a Greg Locke video and an evangelical just absolutely railing out and preaching against Freemasons. I knew about the papal bulls and I knew that uh, there was a lot of uh, misconceptions and uh, wrong ideas about Freemasons being able to be Catholic and things like that. So I spoke about that in that video. I also knew some of the political persecution. One of the very first political parties in America was the Anti-Masonic Party, who is very anti-secret organizations, anti-Freemasons, and they rallied against us. We had things like the Leo Taxel hoax. We had things like Adolf Hitler in 1930s and 40s Germany, who took over 200,000 to 300,000 members of secret societies and put them in concentration camps just for being free thinkers and free men. The rise of the Communist Party, which a lot of people don't understand, communism, they don't really accept religion in their ideology. It's not good for the motherland. So if you are a Christian, they would rather you be an atheist, right? So if you're an atheist, you can't be.
be a Freemason. So if any of uh, any of Stalin's guys, the KGB or anybody knew about a Masonic Lodge operating, they would just go to it because you're already operating against what the Communist Manifesto was. So there was all of this type of ideology and all this type of thinking that really kind of made it seem to me that that's why Freemasonry is so secretive. That's what it is. Loose lips sink ships. And with our men coming back from these wars and our men fighting these battles, they understood this better than anybody. If somebody went out to a local town and, and just spoke a little too loosely and, and talked in a pub or talked to the wrong person, their entire regiment could be gone by tomorrow. Loose lips sank ships. That was my mindset. And that was my thought process. And I, I proudly posted that video. And I, I think at the time, it was one of my higher-viewed videos. It got a lot of great comments, and it got a lot of great discussion rolling within the Masonic TikTok community. But I never expected this one response from this guy. I've looked all over for it. I've tried to find it. I can't. But this uh, gentleman reached out to me. This brother reached out to me, and he said, Fluff, that's a great video. And it's very true. And it's very real. But have you thought about the flip side of the coin? And I said, flip side of the coin? What are you talking about, brother? No. Obviously, I hadn't thought about the other side of it. And he took my video and, and took it to Lodge and did an entire education series on it uh, that month in Lodge. And he sent me the response of a very knowledgeable and wise past master and he thanked me for for making the video again and he had written written all this out and uh it was just it was a great thing i wish i would have kept it i wish i'd know where it was and I'd, i want to give it the best justice that i can but basically what he was saying in his response is brother there's secrecy in freemasonry because that's where i come to be me when that door closes, I know that I can go and talk to any brother in the lodge. I can tell him my feelings. I can tell him my troubles. I can tell him my worries. I can celebrate my successes. I can lift his success up. Freemasonry allows me to be a more open and honest person without the influence of the outside world. And I'm not like a woke person, you know, I, I, it's just, it doesn't really hit my mindset like that, but it made me wonder after receiving that response, do Freemasons, do good men need a safe place to go? Do we need that safe space? And the answer is yes. It, there's a lot of societies in the world that hold initiatic experiences, a lot of what we would call third world countries and whatnot, where these boys from the ages of 14 to 16 have to go through some sort of tribal initiatic experience to be called a man. And during these trials, oftentimes they end up opening themselves up and letting the other men of the, of the tribe know what they're going through. We don't really have that in the West. So this, this idea of some place that you can confide in with your brothers in safety it's just an amazingly and beautiful thing, but it got me it got me wondering. Earlier today, I made a video and I just asked, 
uh, for my, my viewers and followers to share one of their deep secrets. I just want to know a deep secret. When I went through the responses and all that, I really only looked for men. And I, I didn't get it, a lot of hits on that video and not a lot of responses, but there, there were a couple of things that, that really hit me hard. I'm not going to share the names for the prophecies of these, of these guys, uh, but there was one fellow who said, hey, I'm still in love with my ex-wife, even though she is absolutely freaking crazy. And I cleaned it up a little bit. He thinks she is freaking crazy, but he's still in love with her. Man, that lost love, that one that you'll never get back. Yeah, I think all of us as good men can understand how devastating that can be to one's esteem. So I started looking at another website called Reddit. And I am on Reddit, Brother Fluff, on Reddit. If you want to look me up, feel free to. I'm not that active on Reddit, but uh, it's something that I go to as a resource and just study and learn. And, you know, everybody needs to pick me up every now and then. So I went on Reddit and started looking at some of the deep, dark secrets that, from what I could tell, these guys were posting up. And one of them was really funny. Uh, he admits that he used to watch Happy Gilmore as a kid. And one rainy afternoon, he decided to reenact one of the scenes where Gilmore releases one of the clubs at a certain moment. Well, when he released it, it went right out the glass and uh, broke a window. So he took the club out of the glass, went and played video games, and uh, acted like it never happened. And then he heard his grandpa, when his grandpa came home, yelling about the window. But when they asked him if he knew anything, his brother spoke for both of them and said, no, we don't know anything about the window. So you have some silly, trivial secrets that some people have been harboring for years. Uh, then you get into some weird ones with like people wearing adult diapers and I mean just kind of crazy things like that. I'm not trying to judge you do you boo boo, but you know it's amazing what some people will just like let out there in the internet, right? But unfortunately, as funny as some of the weird ones are, you get into some dark territory by going through questions like this. There's guys who want to hurt themselves. Who just don't think they have anything worth living anymore. And uh, let me just tell you, brothers, if any of you ever feel that way, reach out to me. Please reach out to me. I'll, I won't talk. I'll just listen. There's also guys out there who, who, you know, they hate their jobs. They hate what the society has done to them. And, and whether you're a capitalist or not, like there is kind of a standard that males have that they have to be the main breadwinners of their families even to this day even though the, there's more and more women making higher earning paying jobs in the workforce it, it, for myself this is one that hits me really hard my wife makes a crap ton more money than me she does and it's hard to realize that sometimes that you know, if something happens to me, it doesn't matter as much as if something happens to her. In fact, sometimes in my dark spaces, I'm like, man, she just, she really doesn't even need me at all, you know? So there's things like that that pop up on, on, on these answers. And, and then there's things like some guys are openly admitting that they don't love their wives anymore. They don't love their kids anymore. Life is just hard, and it sucks. And I'm wondering that if they actually were involved in some sort of fraternal organization, whether it be Freemasonry or the Elks, you know, a bowling league, a pool league, motorcycle club, whatever type of organizations out there, 
would they still have these same feelings and this same pain that is bearing down on them if they could just open up and talk to somebody in the real world? But we feel so closed off and we're so afraid to do that. That's one thing that masonry does provide. I can I can honestly say that. I've gotten to some wonderful deep-hearted discussions with my brothers that have lasted late in the night. I've had brothers come to me and say, hey, I need a thousand bucks. I don't have a thousand bucks, but I'll figure out how to help you out, brother. I've had brothers come to me and say, hey, man, my wife is leaving me. Yeah, I know how that is. Let me just listen. Let me be an ear. What can I do for you? That brotherhood brings us closer. And that brotherhood allows us to, to open up and and just allows us to know that men aren't perfect. We're going to fail in life. But if we have a strong foundation and a brother who's standing there with the trowel, he could start filling in that broken foundation, the foundation that has all these cracks in it, start filling it in with cement and spreading that brotherly love and affection. I remember a Facebook post one time there where... Um, there was a brother who was asking what he should do about another brother who told him that he was losing his faith. And since he was losing his faith, should he go and tell the worshipful master? Should he go and put Masonic charges on this man? And there were some brothers that were honestly like, yeah, no, we don't take atheists. You become an atheist while you're a Freemason, you're out. Out of here. And I really sat there and thought about it. I am called as a Christian man to love everybody as Christ loves me but I am called as a brother to help support my brethren in whatever cause may be causing them destitution of any way whether it be money, life or spirit so I advise that brother to just reach out to him to love on him talk to him to figure out what was going on in his life to make him think that there was no longer a great architect of the universe and do whatever he could do to just really fill that, that, that void in his life. Not to push him away. You never want to push somebody away from the light. You always want to bring them in. I don't know whether the brother did it or not, but it, it was definitely the most liked comment on that whole entire thread. And even to this day, if I think about that brother in that conversation, I stop and I just say a little prayer for him. Because nobody should have to go through life thinking that they once knew God and then feeling that they're so far away from him that, you know, he doesn't even exist anymore. So I, I pray for my brethren. I love my brothers. But if the secrecy hasn't, hadn't been in place, how quick would he have gotten kicked out of the fraternity? You know, that brother met. The other brother on the level. And the other brother parted upon the square. Yes, he did ask for advice. He did want some help in knowing what he should do. But I imagine that that's probably the first time that that man had ever been hit with that question. Man, somebody is breaking a rule of Freemasonry. I don't know what to do. But at the end of the day, I hope the best, the best thing played out for, for both of them in that situation. So... When we read out of the great light today, I'm reading from Matthew chapter 5, starting off on verse 2. And I really just want you to kind of think about what Jesus is saying here to the people. 
And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. For your reward is great in heaven. For they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Continuing with verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste. How shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I know that there's a lot of brothers who are out there thinking right now, Bluff, this verse has nothing to do with Freemasonry. This, this whole section, this whole chapter 5 that you just read here, Nothing to do with Freemasonry. Well, brothers, I got to tell you something. You're wrong. Because every day I get people who ask me about verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit. That's a, It's an odd phrase that we use in the Bible there. But it means that blessed are the people who would know that their, their relationship with God is not as strong as it should be. But they have that desire to grow it. And I have people who contact me every day fluff is freemasonry something that's going to get me a closer relationship with god can i find god in freemasonry i'm like no there's no salvation through freemasonry but if you if you have that foundation of faith you can certainly grow in it blessed are those who mourn do we not try and take care of our widows how many of you got interested in freemasonry because of a masonic funeral you saw how many of you have families who come up to you and say, man, that was the nicest thing that anybody could have done for old Bob there. You know, he was a proud Freemason. And just seeing these brothers come together and give them these flash rites, that's helping people who are mourning. Blessed are the meek. The meek are those who are poor. Those are the ones who are in distress. Those are the ones who need help. So on and so on throughout this entire uh, chapter of, of Matthew chapter 5 and it tells us in 11 blessed are you when others hate you when they persecute you when they try and utter evil things about you when they try and tell falsities and lies about what you really are rejoice and be glad in it for your reward is great in heaven continue to be that salt of the earth because if the salt has lost its taste brothers how many times do we have been who try and take masonry and make it something that it's not. You know, I, I know many brothers out there who think we should be more inclusive. We're not. 
an inclusive group. We should continue to be seclusive. Because Freemasonry, there's something special within it. Not every good man should be able to join Freemasonry. I've said it once, I've said it twice, I'll say it many, many more times. Not every good man who knocks on that door should have it answered in the way that he wants. Because not every good man is willing to put in the work that it takes to continue to, to be the world's greatest fraternal organization. So we have to continue to be salty, so to say. We have to continue to protect what we have. But this last part here, this, the, uh, the shining light to the world, the city set on a hill. We can't be hidden. And a lot of people think that what we're trying to do is we're trying to hide ourselves from the outside world and keep everything from within. That we're, we're talking about ways to uh, you know, take control of the government. We're talking about ways... To, to spread whatever we think needs to be spread across this planet. And, and that's not the truth at all. That's not the truth at all. There is no organization on earth that can keep a secret hidden. You know, I talk about it all the time in my lives that, you know, if you enjoy going to your church, if you like going to your church, go to your church about two hours before the first sermon. Before the first service. If you go to any sort of church with uh, uh, any sort of associate pastorship and, and actual staffing and things like that, what you're going to find is that they have a pre-service meeting where they talk about all of the things that are going to be happening during the service. They set up the announcements. They set up what the, who needs to be prayed for and all that stuff right there. That's typically how it goes. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying that that's how it goes. It's going to be behind closed doors. Because they want this service to flow in a certain way. They're trying to keep the distractions out and focus on, on what they believe that God has them doing at that time. If you shop at a big store like I don't know, Walmart, Amazon, JCPenney, where, wherever, those corporations meet behind closed doors. Because they want to talk about the new trends. They want to talk about what they're pushing. They want to figure out what is causing the businesses to fail or succeed, and they're keeping trade secrets. But even with these churches and these corporations, it never stays hidden. Why? Because as soon as that first sermon kicks off, everything that a church discussed is going with the flow. They start doing what they feel that God called them to do. The light is shining throughout the church. In those corporations, they start releasing new products. They start releasing new sales. And yes, it may be for their gain, but you as a consumer and an individual end up seeing what is happening behind those closed doors. It's the same with Freemasonry. It is the same with Freemasonry. Let me explain. When you go through a stated meeting, you're talking about all of the things that happens in a lodge. And, and I tell a lot of people this, and I truly mean it because it's unfortunate. There's not as much Freemasonry happening in the stated meetings as there should be. You get more Freemasonry in the parking lot meetings after actual stated lodge. You get more Freemasonry in the truck rides over or the traveling to the lodges and things of that nature. That's, that's just the way that our Masonic bodies work nowadays. And it's unfortunate and there are some good lodges out there who are trying to do better and trying to push education and all of that. But I'm, I'm almost to that point 
and my Masonic career where I'm kind of thinking, is it worth it to have it there? Do I want every brother involved in the lodge to, to that doesn't want to sit through education be forced to sit through something like that? So I, I don't know where I am at that. And like I said, I'm not trying to do Masonic improvement. But not a lot of masonry happens within the state of meeting. But what does happen is we talk about our bills. We go through the minutes. We pray for our brethren who are in distress. We talk about the brothers who have passed. We, we set up the, the funeral services and figure out who is doing what and who is doing what degrees. That's the normal business of Lodge. But we also talk about the obligations that we have made with, as a body, as a whole, and how are we going to fulfill those? Whether it be, are we still going to donate so many thousands of dollars to our local boys and girls club this year are we still going to donate to this food pantry are we going to reach out to the battered women's shelter in our area and provide them christmas gifts christmas bills and christmas toys how are we going to accomplish these things you know inflation's happened this year it's going to take a couple extra dollars we may have to pass around the hat on this so that's what the secrets are for because we don't want the world to come in and say, well, you guys promised when, in fact, we didn't. Everything can be kind of misconstrued construed and, and taken in a negative way if you if you want to look at it that way. But it's, it's, it's more than that. This is where we come together to talk about these things that we are passionate about and that we care about. And if you look at the Masonic structure as a whole, as the entire Masonic family, every appendant body, every Masonic group and organization has something that they work towards. I'm a Blue Lodge Basin in Texas. One of our biggest events that we do is the Fantastic Teeth Program, where we give out thousands of toothbrushes to first graders all over the state of Texas every year. I was a fellow craft the first time that I delivered these toothbrushes. And I remember going to this school, it was close to my house. And as I stated before, at the time of going through the degrees, I was living in, in my RV and then I bought a house uh, that was in the ghetto and it so it was a very poor school that I went to because I picked up drop-off locations that were close to me close to my normal route I remember taking these toothbrushes into the nurse's office and there's this little boy that was standing there he goes hey what are those I said, Those are toothbrushes am I getting one I was like man I don't know what grade are you in first grade I said yeah you're getting your own toothbrush kit here. And he looked up at me and he said, man, I ain't ever had to not share a toothbrush with my sister. This kid's 10 years old, guys. This kid is 10 years old. He's never had his own toothbrush. That idea started behind a closed door. We also have Masonic Charities. We also help our destitute brothers. All of that comes to light because families can lay their heads down at night knowing that they're taken care of. No, we're not a charity organization, but we are charitable men who want to take care of our communities, who want to, to make our communities a better place to live in, and we're just trying to play our smart, small part in being the cornerstone of that community. And the Knights Templar, we have Knights Templar Eye Foundation. Scottish Rite, we have schools of dyslexia. 
We also have Scottish Rite Children's Hospital. We have the Masonic Retirement uh, Center Home, where we take our elderly brothers and we make sure that no Mason is ever left behind. Across the nation, there's multiple Masonic orphanages where we take these kids without families, without homes, and we take care of them. One of the one of the first things that we did on TikTok was we raised, I think Brother Matthew Holland raised $5,000 to give to the North Carolina Oxford Masonic Children's Home. There's great organizations all around the world. In the grotto, special spouse for special kids. And we have so much more. But probably the most well-known Masonic organization in the world, the one that has more outreach, the one that that has more people trying to figure out how to use it, how to support it, and how to love it, is the Shriners International Children's Hospital. There's hospitals all over the world. In my temple, we take the, the top 38 counties of the Texas Panhandle, and we fund the travel expenses, room, and board to get the patients to the hospitals where they need to go and the families there with them. I don't like over-inflating numbers and giving false facts when I can absolutely help it. But the best number that I can find is that Freemasons give anywhere from $2 million to $3 million a day across the world to some sort of charitable organization. And if that's not proof right there that we're not a light who is being hidden under a basket, I don't know what is. Because the big secret about Freemasonry is that our secrets turn into light and we shine across this world. Get out there and do something good for somebody, Samoa